Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Go with me into the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. The Lord takes me there and... I'm telling you, here's a word I would not call this a message, but... But a word. I pray that you're ready to hear what the Lord is about to say to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bear with me for a moment. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. All the adoration, all the exhortation. I give to you, Lord Jesus, I give to you. I give you praise, Jesus, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. All the adoration, all the exhortation, I give to you, Lord. I give to you. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Speak to your people today. We're in anxious anticipation of you. Speaking and moving among us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Oh my, my, my. Oh my, my, my. We wait upon you, Holy Spirit. Bless you, Lord. All right. All right. We're going to try. I believe I'm, I believe I'm clear. There are some things that God is doing right now in this building, right now in this room. When he works with you out there, he won't let me work up here. I got to wait till he's finished. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not sure who he's dealing with. Book of Exodus. We look at Exodus chapter 1 today and touch on that. Then also go to Exodus chapter 2. We will be here mainly today. As the Lord gives me a word to give to you. Praise the Lord. The word that he gives me to give to you is simply this. Life is hard, but God is good. Life is hard, but God is good. Times are hard, but God is good. Relationships can be hard, but God is good. Money problems can be hard, but God is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. Now I've come today to give you a message of hope from the Lord. Hallelujah. Exodus, the first chapter. We see here in the book of Exodus, the first chapter, that uh, the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. This is in the beginning seasons, the beginning portions of this. And the Bible says we start at verse number seven. It says, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased bountifully, rather abundantly, and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, he said unto his people, he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, come on, let us deal wisely with them. Least they do what? Least they what? Come on, talk to me. Least they what? Least they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, 
they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they put for rather they built for Pharaoh treasure, treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. Look at verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they cried. What does it say? The more they afflicted them, the more they whined and complained. What does your Bible say? Multiplied. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and what? And grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. The enemy here felt threatened by the people of God. There are some of you in this house today that can be titled the people of God. Hallelujah. I pray that all of you in this house today can be titled a people of God. Hallelujah. Now we're all God's people in creation, but not in redemption. Hallelujah. But I pray today that you have given your life to Jesus. Because if you have, this word is for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So the enemy sees the people of God, the, the people of God as a threat. He sees that you are growing. He sees that you are multiplying. He sees that you are becoming mightier. And this threatens him. This begins to intimidate him. This begins to make him fearful. Because he knows That if you get together with his enemies, you're going to take him out of power. If you get together with other of those that are against him, you're going to dethrone him. And so he decided here in the land of Egypt to make the people's lives hard. Let me make their lives hard. Let me make their lives difficult. But the more difficult he made their lives, the more they grew. The more they multiplied. That is true of the people of God. The more difficult times got, the more God's people grew. The more they multiplied. The harder it was to get money or to make money, the more God's people grew. The more they multiplied. The more the devil sent people around them to curse them out and fuss at them and treat them like a dog, the more they grew, the more they multiplied. And this grieved the devil. It grieved old Pharaoh. It grieved him. How is it possible I've sent my best effort against them and they still keep on growing? Well, that's God's people. The more pressure you put on us, we grow. We multiply. We get stronger. We get mightier. Hallelujah. Now that is fortunate and also unfortunate. Fortunate in the fact that we get to grow. But nobody likes to suffer. Hallelujah. But difficult times. Search your scripture. Search search the history books. In difficult times. Christians. Grow. In difficult, hard times, the people of God grow. Now that is not true for the world system. But it is true for those that have a covenant relationship with their God. I pray you with me today. So verse 12 says again, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and, and they were grieved Because of the children of Israel. Now the main point that we want to see here. What we're really talking about today. Is back up in verse number 10. It says come on. This is the plan of the enemy. And he's going to continue with this plan. Come on. Let us deal wisely with them. Least they multiply. And it come to pass. That they join together their enemies. And so forth and so on. Let's deal wisely with them. Because we cannot let them multiply. We cannot let them grow. We cannot let them become more mighty. She's been going to church now. She's been reading her Bible. We can't let that continue to happen. 
there was a meeting in the halls of hell about you. You've been filled with the Spirit now. You've been learned, you've learned to pray in the Holy Spirit. You've learned to study your Bible. You've learned to come to church even when things weren't good. You've learned to give. You've learned to tithe. You've learned to offer. Oh, we cannot let this continue because she's getting too mighty. We've got to slow her down a bit. But the people of God resist the devil. And the devil always has to flee. Are you with me? So understand that all of this is working together for your good. Because the more the enemy pours it on, the stronger you get. Because God has placed a divine converter, if you will, on the inside of us. That converts pain to power. Somebody didn't get that. It converts pain to power. Hallelujah. It converts cursings into blessings. We take what is bad and overcome evil with good. It transforms us and makes us into mighty men and women of God. You find those that are mightiest in the word of God, those that are mighty and those that are really strong in the word of God, even now are those that have been through something. Smooth seas do not make a good sailor. It is rough seas that makes a good sailor. Somebody that has been through something. So although we may curse the events, we may curse our life and say, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Understand, if you let God convert this, it will change you into a powerhouse filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at the conversion process of the Lord Jesus Christ there in what we call the mountain of temptation. Well, the enemy was throwing things at him left and right, up and down the best way he could. He emptied out all of his tricks. And at the end of the day, the Bible says that Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. There's a converter on the inside of you. That can takes that can take hard times and turn it around for your good. I pray you're here today. Because the more Pharaoh afflicted them, the more they multiplied, the more they grew, the more mightier they became. Hallelujah. Let's go back in the word. The Bible says, verse 13, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. They made them serve hard. You get on your job today. Well, why do I have to go down and do that? Why can't they do that? I got more seniority than they do, but that old boss just won't get off of your back. Why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to me? Why can't I just, why can't all this? Don't curse it. Thank God for it. Because it's making something in you. It's producing something in you. Don't you know that diamonds are made under pressure? Are you with me? When God gets finished with you, you will come forth as gold. Hallelujah. Everyone wants a testimony, but not everybody is willing to go through the test. We all want to have the powerful testimony. But to have a powerful testimony, you're going to have to go through something. Are you hearing me? So the enemy starts, number one, to launch launch an attack of hardness over their lives. Hardness. Everything that they did was hard. Hard labor. Hard times. Everything they did. When he saw that that did not work, he launched his next attack. He told the midwives of the Hebrews, of the people of God, he told the midwives, when you see midwives, when you see a baby born, a male child born, when you see it, I want you to kill it. Midwives, kill it. What's he trying to do? He's trying to cut off the next generation of power. He's trying to cut it off. 
Because without the male children, the people of God cannot reproduce. He told the midwives, kill them. Kill all the men. Kill all, rather, kill all the babies. Don't let them grow up and become mighty. Kill them. Slay them. Destroy them. Don't let them live. He launches an attack, an attack against the youth. And isn't he still doing that today? Launching an attack against our young men. Launch an attack against our young men to where now in a lot of places we can't even hold up our pants straight. And the position of the pants shows their vulnerability. Are you with me? Their loins are no longer girded about with truth, but his cord gone lower. And it exposes their hinder parts where reproduction cannot come from. Are you with me? The enemy is trying to expose weakness to cut off that generation. When that did not work because the midwives said, no, we're not going to do this. Pharaoh came back and asked them for a report. I thought I told you to kill all the baby boys. They said, oh, Pharaoh, well, the, the Hebrew women, the Hebrew ladies are not like the Egyptian ladies. Uh, they are vigorous. Our ladies are vigorous and they give birth before we even get there. Pharaoh perturbed. I mean, I can't get your people to fight against your people. I can't make that happen. So he decides to launch his third attack. And is this where we'll start today? His third attack, he launches here. In verse number 20, let's read it. We're going to read it. It says, therefore, uh, with midwives, God, therefore God uh, dwelt, dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. Midwives wouldn't do it. But the people still, people of God still began to grow. Remember, his whole thing is to stop the people of God from growing. Stop them from growing. So the enemy influenced the midwives. He influenced those, listen, that monitored or watched over the birth of children. Hallelujah. He influenced them. He influenced the evangelists, if you will. He influenced the pastoral staff, if you will, the new covenant, the new convert care team. He influenced them. The new convert team, he influenced them. And they would not cause those babies to die. So he said in verse number 21, listen. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that, that, uh, that he made them houses. He gave them households. Verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Here's where we start today. First, Pharaoh says, give them hard labor. Didn't work. They just multiplied and grew. Then he says, cause them to turn against themselves. Because I cannot allow them to birth the power that could destroy me. You don't understand what I'm saying to you. I cannot allow them to birth the power that can destroy me. Midwives go to work. Midwives didn't work. Now he says, the Bible says in verse 22, and Pharaoh charged. The word charge there in the Hebrew means to appoint. It means to ordain. It means to command. He commanded some of his people. What does your Bible say? He commanded some of his people. He commanded a few of his people. He commanded his soldiers. He commanded his army. No, it says he commanded all of his people. Now, the word people there means kinsmen. It means nation. Meaning everyone that was called an Egyptian had an official appointment. They were officially ordained by Pharaoh to kill 
all the sons that were born of the Hebrews. This meant that even your next door neighbor was a potential threat to you. Hope you understand what's saying to you. Your neighbors, your co-workers, they could be a potential threat because all of them had authority. If they knew you were, if they knew you had a baby, if they knew you were pregnant and you were about to give birth, they had authority to watch over you. And if it was a male child, take it and throw it into the river where the child would drown. If the child did not drown, he would be eaten, eaten by the animals or by the crocodiles or whatever that was in the water or even carried downstream, defenseless to help itself. What kind of mind would say, take the innocent baby boys, take them from their mothers and throw them into the river? Kill the man child. Can you imagine that? A mother is giving birth to her children, to her son. Mother's giving birth. The midwife spanks the child. The child cries out. An Egyptian comes in, sees that it's a male, takes the baby from the mother, takes him. And there's nothing that they can do about it. Take it from the home. I can picture that they don't care about the man child. They don't care about the baby boy. They take it by the the foot, holding it up. And throw it into the river to honor their God, Pharaoh. What kind of a monster What kind of a person would give such an order to kill the innocent? Well, that was the command. Kill him. Because he was so afraid that they would rise up and destroy him. So afraid that they would rise up and destroy him. That's why he made their life hard. That's why he struck their children Because he was so afraid that you would rise up and destroy him. Look what it says. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Let the girls live, but deal harshly with the boys. Now listen. So this was a terrible time. Now get in the Bible. Don't just look at this. Get in the Bible. Get in the scripture. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible time when mothers are wailing. They are crying. You can't comfort them because the baby that they have labored with, that they have hoped for, prayed for over nine months, they have rubbed their belly. They have had great hopes and desires. And some of them even named their children before the children came out the womb. This was the father's son, the one that would carry on the family's legacy. They've hoped for it. They prayed for it. Only to have it snatched away from them and killed senselessly. And there's nothing that you can do about it. It's a time of unrest. It's a time of uncertainty. It's a time of great fear, aggravation, and stress. And they were stressed out. It's a time when God's people began to cry out, Oh, God, help us! It's not just, they're not just taking our money. They're not taking our houses, but they're taking our children. One moment you see them, and the next you don't. Did my baby drown? Was my baby eaten alive by some creature in the sea? How long did my baby survive as it floated away from me? Why did the enemy use the river? Because it symbolized a floating away. Seeing your child float away out of your arms. And there's nothing that you can do to get them back. Seeing them slowly go away from you. Slowly, you stop hearing their voice. Slowly, they stop talking to you. Slowly, they stop touching you. 
Slowly, your voice began to become softer and softer and softer them as they drifted further and further and further and further away from you. And then eventually out of your sight. Slowly, they got out of your reach. Slowly, they left you. And it was torture to the mothers and fathers. Torture to see their children slowly drift away. I hear, I pray you hear me today. Because it is the plan of the enemy today to slowly take your children from your arms. One minute they hear from you. One minute your voice is clear and their voice is clear. You hear them loud and clear. The next moment they're further out. And slowly the river takes them from you. But God had a plan. Life was hard. But still, God is good. So it is in this time of great pressure and stress, I pray that you really got this picture. That your hearts are feeling their pain and their agony of fathers and mothers and of older brothers and sisters. Aunts and uncles, a society, we're all grieving. Chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. Even in that time, people were still getting married. Verse 2. And the woman conceived... Oh, God. Stop there. You conceived during that time? Can you imagine from the point that she thought that she was pregnant? Saying, I hope it's a girl. I hope I'm carrying a girl. Because, honey, we both know what would happen if I'm carrying a boy. I hope I'm carrying a girl. Can you imagine the worry that she must be going through? That her husband is going through? They already had two older children. Miriam and and Aaron. I hope it's a girl. Can you imagine this, this woman going to work or going out to make bricks out of straw? She's getting larger now. And the Egyptian soldiers see her. She cannot deny that she's carrying a baby. And I'm sure she hopes it's a girl. I hope it's a girl. She carries this baby full term. And she has this baby. And finds out. It's a boy. Oh God. It's a boy. Oh God. I remember what they did. To sister so and so's baby boy. Oh God. I was there. And I saw what they did. To my neighbor's baby boy. Oh God. I got a boy. Can you imagine the flood of emotions. That must have gone through her. When she saw that it was a boy. Can you imagine that she heard in the footsteps of soldiers right outside of a door coming to possess the boy? Hear me. The Bible says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and she saw him, that he was a goodly child, and hid him three months. She saw that he was goodly. In other words, he was beautiful. She saw that this was a beautiful child, a gift from God. He was beautiful because the glory of God was upon him. He had a work to do. Now we're going to shift gears just for a moment. I pray you stay with me today. Go to Hebrews 11. 
Hebrews 11. How was she able to hide a baby? Babies are not quiet. You can try to rationalize with the baby all you want to. Baby boy, you're a boy. They're going to try to come and kill you if you don't stop crying. They could care less. Are you with me? When the baby's uncomfortable, the baby don't care about who's around it. Go to Hebrews 11. How was she able to keep this baby hidden? Hidden for three months. How? Are you there in Hebrews? Praise the Lord. Let me get it. I'm almost there. Does anybody get anything out of this today? Hebrews 11. Let's look now at verse number 23. This talks about Moses. Of course, the child's name here is Moses, right? Verse 23 says, by faith. Are y'all, are you there? It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Not just his mother, but of his parents. Are you with me? Because they saw he was a proper child or a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Turn it back over. They said, King, Pharaoh, we understand what you're saying. But understand what they saw was greater than Pharaoh's commandment, than their fear of Pharaoh's commandment. Hear me. Their desire to save their child was stronger than the fear that was outside of their door. Their child was a gift from the Lord. Hear me. And Moses in the Old Testament typified the Christ, typified Jesus. In other words, he was a, an example. He was a shadow in the Old Testament of Jesus. Moses would be a prophet of God. A prophet is one that would carry the word. Moses was a word carrier. And to as, and to as, uh, as Jesus is to us, Moses was to them. Are you with me? Moses was in that day somewhat of the word made flesh. Are you with me? He was not Christ. He was not Jesus, but he was a shadow. Moses would, God will use Moses to deliver the people of the Old Testament. And he would, God will use Jesus Christ to deliver the people of the new. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Understand this. So Moses typified Christ. He was an example of Christ in the Old Testament. So what they had in their arms was a beautiful baby boy prophet. One that would carry the word of God. One that would deliver the word to the face of the enemy and cause the enemy to release the people of God. I pray you with me. Understand that. If you don't understand that, we can't go any further. We're almost done. Have I lost you? And so it says, and she saw him that he was a goodly child. Now back in Exodus 2, he's a beautiful child. And she hid him by faith. She hid him by faith three months. She hid the child by faith for the space of three months. Now, to hide means to conceal. To keep from being seen. She hid him. In today's modern day church. Now let me bring it all home down to us. The Christian, because we have to know how can we get out of the shape that we're in now where everything is against us. But yet and still we're still holding on to a promise of God. Still holding on to the word of God. That if we can hold on to it, it can be released. And cause us to be free. I'm sure many other women in that day, many other families desire to keep their children. I'm sure many other people desire to hide their children. But by faith, Moses' parents were able to hold on to the word, to the promise that was delivered unto them. 
They hid the baby. In other words, they concealed it. They didn't let anyone see it. They hid it closely in their hearts. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, uh, David says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, O Lord, that I might not sin against you. This was the word of God that they were holding on to so that no one else can see it. Sometimes the greatest miracles happens outside of public view. Well, just consider Jairus' house. The Lord Jesus said, everybody, get out all y'all laughing people. Jairus, you and your wife and disciples, come on up here. Outside of public view, he raised the little girl up. Outside of public view. The upper room happened outside of public view. In private. The Lord said, if you go into me privately, I'll reward you openly. Oh my God, somebody help me please. And so the Bible goes on to say, she hid him. She concealed the word. She concealed. And as she was concealing the word, she nurtured the word. She fed the word. We can say today, she meditated on the word of God. She began to water the word of God with her faith. She kept it in. Even though everyone on the outside sought to kill it. Sought to take her dream away. Sought to take the promise away. Everyone outside said no. Everyone outside said not approved. Everyone outside said we're not hiring. Everyone outside said you you don't have the right education. Everyone outside, everyone outside, everything outside said no. Give us your dream. We're going to cast into the river and let it float far from you. But she held on to it. She concealed it for three months. She kept it out of the public view. For three months, she nourishes it and nurtured it. And it was difficult to do. But by faith, she held on to the dream. What happens after that? Bob says in verse number three. And when she could no longer hide him. When she could no longer hide him. She took for him an ark, the bulrush. And dubbed it with slime and pitch. And put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. When she could no longer hide him. In other words, when she could no longer conceal the promise that she was holding on to. When she could no longer keep it a secret. When she had to make this thing public. When you can no longer conceal it, that means it's going public. That means what's in you is going to come out of you. What's done in darkness is going to come to light. It is all through the word of God. When she could no longer conceal it, she had to take this thing public. So she took an ark, a little basket. She took a little basket. And she put tar on it. She pitched it to make it waterproof. And she put that basket among the flags, in other words, along the, the reeds, there were see tall plants, reeds, and she put it there in the river. Now, what was very interesting to note was that the basket, King James said, was made of bulrush. If you go back and research that word further, in other translations, you will see that bulrush is actually papyrus. The basket, the ark, was made of papyrus. And papyrus is a plant that when flattened and unrolled was what the ancient world used to write on. Ancient scrolls or scriptures were written on papyrus paper. So what you actually see was that she put the word on paper. Somebody's going to see that. She put the word on paper. She put the promise on paper. In public view. How do I get deliverance? How can I hold on to the dream? How can I hold on to the promise that God has given me, Brother Charles? How can I hold on to it? After you have concealed that word and hidden that word in your heart outside of public view, after you've nurtured that word, meditate on that word, eventually God's going to take that thing public. You're going to have to put it on paper. 
put the promise down on paper. It goes deeper. Verse number three says, she put it on paper. She put it in the ark. Put it in the river among the brink. The Bible says, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The mama put it in and the ark began to float. Mother had to release her dream. Mother had to release the word. Mama had to release the promise from her. She had to let it go. For three months, she was holding on to it, praying that nothing would happen. And by faith, nothing happened. But now she has to release it. Because God still honors the law of the land. She released it to float on the river. She released her baby to the river, just like what was commanded. And so now the baby, the baby boy is in the river. Floating on paper. And so, as the account goes, the little sister walks by on the other side. Mama's back somewhere, probably at home. Sister's watching. What's going to happen to little Moses? As Moses floats down the river, she watches the word that she sent out. Now today... The promise that God gives you still needs to be sent out in public view. You're not meant to conceal it always in your heart, but you're meant to release it so that others can benefit from it. Some of you, the word put it on paper could be your business put out on a flyer, released. Could be your word put out, the word or the promise or the gift that God has given you. Be released over the internet. Be released on the radio. Be released on CD or DVD. Releasing it, releasing it to the world. Not being fearful of someone destroying it. The Bible says, The sister stood afar off in verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to watch herself at the river. What a coincidence. At the time. Wow. Was it a coincidence? Absolutely not. The daughter of Pharaoh was there. And she was washing and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. This could be a problem. The Bible says again in verse 6, 5 and 6, the mother released it, let it go into the river. The promise that was on word floated to someone else. Now listen, the mother and father no longer had the resources to protect the child, to protect the promise. They got to a point when they could no longer protect or fend for this child, this promise. Because it was in danger of those outside coming in and destroying it. So they had to follow the word of the Lord. Release it. They no longer, mom and daddy, no longer had the resources to contain the promise. Hear me. They no longer had the resources the wherewithal, the ability, the finances to contain the promise. They couldn't hold it anymore. They had to release it. But what does God do when you release his promise? By faith. He floats it down river to someone who has the ability to maintain it. Pharaoh's daughter now saw the child, had compassion on the child, and even though she knew this was a Hebrew boy and that it should die, her father gave the order. She knew it. She commanded, oh, this baby is beautiful, she said. I'm going to keep this one. Even against her father's wishes, I'm going to keep this one. Now she would eventually raise the child up in her own household. 
She would raise the vision, raise the dream, raise the plan up in her own household. She would fund it. She would fund the vision. She would fund the dream. Because the plan that God had given Moses' parents was too much for them to handle. Moses needed other resources. He needed a good education. Moses needed that Egyptian upbringing to bring him to the point where he could come again and deliver the people of God. I pray you hear it. As they released it. Now understand too what happens before all that takes place. Said the daughter, verse 5, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and the maidens walked along uh, by the river side. And when she saw the ark along the flags, she sent uh, her maid to fetch it. She saw it, it caught her eye. When your gift catches the eye of those that have resources, they will take your gift and run with it. When your talent catches the eye of those that have resources, they will take it and run with it. When your business catches the eye of those that have resources, they will take it and they will run with it. When your ministry catches the eye of those that have resources, they will take it and they will run with it and they will add to it. Remember, the only reason why they gave the child up was because they didn't have sufficient enough resources to keep it. I guarantee you, if they had their own army, they wouldn't have had to hide Moses. I guarantee you, if they had enough money, they could have paid people off to turn the other way. They wouldn't have had to hide Moses. I guarantee you, if they had enough camels, they would have got out of Dodge. Hallelujah. They had to give them up because they didn't have sufficient resources. Are you with me? Verse 6, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. Little Moses was crying, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one, uh, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister, the one that was lurking, the one that was looking to see what would happen to little baby Moses. She was there. Now, what was her duty during this time? I pray y'all stay with me and I haven't lost you. My God, I got to go on. Her job was, was once the word of God was released, once the promise was released, once the business was released on paper, it was her job to monitor its progress. Monitor its progress. Let me see the stats. Let me see the statistics. Uh, let me see the, the sales reports. It's her job to monitor it. It's her job to keep up with the checkbook. Her job to keep up with the annual stock reports. It's her job to monitor it. Once it leaves your hand by faith, monitor its progress. Praise the Lord. And once she saw that it was picked up by a major vendor, when she saw it was picked up by a major corporation, She ran over and said, oh, I see you got a problem there. My company has exactly what you need. She said, would you like me to go and get one of the Hebrew women to feed this baby for you? I just happen to know a good mother that would take care of that problem for you. And Pharaoh's daughter said, go ahead. The mother of Moses, who was the one the little girl came from, of course, came for. Can you imagine daughter going back home to mama? Oh, mommy, mama, mama, mama. Oh, mama, mama, I saw Moses. I saw Moses. I saw, I saw the baby. Mama said, calm down, girl. Calm down, calm down. What happened? What happened, my baby? Mama, 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 mama. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Okay, tell me. Well, mama, I tell you, uh, I was there and Pharaoh's daughter got it. Pharaoh's daughter got it. Yes. And, and she's calling for you now, huh? To feed the baby. She is. Oh my God. So mama gets there. Moses' mother gets there. Hallelujah. And has all the parts ready. Oh, her warehouse is filled with what the baby needs. Hallelujah. Filled with what the baby needs. Gets there. Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter hands the baby to Moses' mother and says, Hey, feed him for me and I'll pay you for doing it. I will pay you for maintaining your dream. 
I will pay you for maintaining the word that God gave you. I will pay you. My Jesus, I will pay you for your passion. For months, Moses' mother had said, I can't hold on to this any longer. I'm afraid of somebody taking this. Oh, God, please don't let anything happen to my baby. And by faith, she was able to hide him till it came to the day that she had to release the word on paper and float it down the river where God had somebody that could better provide for and take take care and provide resources to nurture the child up. And when the contact had been made, those that were in the company came and gave the dream back to mother. Hallelujah. Well, she could hold on to a baby. Praise God. Until the day that she had to release the dream, release the baby until its proper destiny. To grow up in Pharaoh's house. To get an Egyptian education. Go to the finest universities. Learn how to read. Learn how to write. If he had stayed at home, he would have only gotten a slave's education at best. Here, Moses had the opportunity to grow up with the finest of the finest, to be raised up, to be empowered, to come back, to destroy the reign of the devil. I pray you're hearing me today. I pray you're here today. Because a dream that God has given you grows and it is cultivated It is produced, it is conceived during hard times. The dream is conceived during hard times. The dream is conceived and is given birth under fear and under pressure. But yet and still, if you be a steward over it for a time and then release it when the time is right, God will add the resources that is needed to, that is needed for it, that will cultivate it and be a blessing not only to you, but to all those that are around you. Don't you understand that Moses' mama was now under the divine, under the uh, earthly protection of Pharaoh's daughter? Mama's, mama's, uh, Moses' mother can now go into the market with this baby boy and not have a fear that anything's going to happen to him. Moses' mama can now lay that boy right in his own bed without any fear. Hallelujah. If anybody harassing her, all she had to do was give them a name that was great in that nation. Oh, this is Pharaoh's baby now. This is Pharaoh's daughter's baby. And that name in that nation was power. No one dare threaten her. Are you hearing me? You've got a name that is far above the name of Pharaoh in this land. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And as you call upon him and deliver the dream to the stream, you will receive the resources that you need that will carry you to the next level. We're done. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.